Hey, hello. Welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. That's so true. It's your name and what the show is. Hi, I'm Cody Johnston Namewise. Hey, Cody Johnston Namewise. And joining us today for the first time, writer, director, comedian, Zach Bornstein. Hello. How are you Hello. Hi. Very well. We're doing great. My dog is crying. A lot oh, in the other room. He heard me start to talk and just lost his shit. Mm, and I feel bad dog. about it, but it's too late, man. He, he heard you say that his, nude po- his news podcast isn't valid. Well, it, once he starts actually releasing it, then maybe maybe we're there would be another news show. But until then, he's just I talking mean, about it. We could publish it. Whining we'll, about it. Got the bandwidth. I want to start off picking it up. With this story about your haircut that you were telling us before we began recording, because it sounded like a good one. Yeah, I had. So until yesterday, I hadn't gotten a haircut in three years. So this is pre-COVID. My hair was down, like it when it was wet. I felt like it was like slippery eels touching my shoulder yeah. blades. It was yeah. past the clavicles. It was rough. Everyone in my life was telling me I looked terrible. <laughs> but I was sticking it out. <laughs> a point of a, a clarification. This had been going on pre-COVID. This was just a choice. Pre-COVID this wasn't like... for a little bit. But I mean, COVID's okay. been a while at this point. It has. Yeah, it's been like yeah. a couple of years. It sure say, has. Like, would you say that maybe pre-COVID, it, like your last haircut was like kind of where you're at now? And yes. Then, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the okay. reason I ended up uh, doing the slice finally... Uh, besides everyone telling me they couldn't bear looking at my face anymore, mm-hmm. was I was out to dinner the other night, and I was it was an anniversary dinner, so we wanted to go out, and I was so nervous about COVID, but I was like, you know what, we'll we'll book a table outside. Okay, we got it. Okay, oh, is it going to be crowded? You know what, we got it was like kind of far away from everyone. Everything's safe. Everything's good. I go to pay the check at the end, and there's my hair's uh, hanging down, and there's a candle on the table, mm-hmm. and I just start hearing this crackling, like those yeah. like wood wick candles. And then this horrible stink, and then this bright yeah. light, and the whole left side of my hair had burst into flames. And I like went, ah! and started patting it out, and uh, luckily got it out quickly. Everyone's looking. So I, uh, I'd been worried about COVID this whole time when the only thing I needed to worry about was lighting my entire head on mm-hmm. fire. I like when you said that you got. Before we were recording, he said he got a haircut and it felt much safer. And that's what I wanted to explore. And now we understand what. (laughs) And yes, welcome to long hair life. It is treacherous. Uh It has its hazards. I thought like maybe it got caught in like a fan or something. Normal. I used to keep my hair really short. Been growing it out. Pandemic. Enjoying it. But yeah. I mean, I smoke weed, and every so often I'll be like, "What is that smell?" Oh, I've lit- oh, no. I've singed <laughs> myself, and just a little bit of hair smell burnt is bad. So it's so stinky. A- I couldn't. I yeah. shampooed it like I took took shower after shower. Could not get the burnt hair smell out. I don't know if you guys have ever, you know, burnt hair a bunch, but it's not <laughs> no. recommended. Not to like that not, extent. Yeah, opposite of a extent. commercial. Do not burn hair. My wife recently got her hair caught on fire and it smelled like burnt hair for like a week. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it in. Um, Did it seem like half a haircut? Like how much burned off? I actually probably a solid inch. I mean, I needed probably over a foot off, but but it was a good start. You know, I did part of the barber's job. Yeah, you helped them. You helped them out. But now you can't donate it for a wig or something. Oh, well. Uh, Yeah, they don't like charred hair as much at Locks for Love. They like, you know, fresh locks, not the, you know, the the charred remains. One more point of discussion before we get to news, getting to know you, you are a writer. How has this pandemic been? How is the, I'm assuming you've been working in writer's rooms or meeting over Mm -hmm. Zoom. Has this been, is this a welcome change? Do you see this being the future of TV writing? It's interesting because at first I did not like it because the timing was all wrong because yeah. you know in writers rooms it's so much about building and building and building and you know jumping on what someone else said to, to add a punchline and they jump back into yours to build it more and blah 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 it the timing was weird because if one person glitches for a moment or like yeah yeah showrunner like their thing goes out for a moment mm. there's also just fatigue too that like you know there's the zoom fatigue of people just couldn't be on for more than a couple hours yeah. eventually i hate to say it but i kind of love it now 
the like fatigue thing is also like now days are nice and short and you get to just focus on writing. I also love, hate how much I love this. When you have the Zoom and you're talking jokes, but you also have the text, the like chat going yeah, yeah. on the side, it's like you have like a group chat. And so if you have written jokes at the same time, you've got like almost this dual, like like this double stream going. So I love that. You're keeping and- your brain engaged in multiple mm. arenas here. Exactly. And and uh and I also weirdly love pitching in on Zoom because I've I've had the I've I've had better luck selling stuff than ever on Zoom because I think it's cuz you can have your like you almost have like a teleprompter so it looks like yeah, you're looking yeah. at the camera still whereas in person you're like doing like an 8th grade, you know, science report, you're like looking down at your paper and going yes, yeah, so, so, then Well, you know, and then there's the, the, the nerves of when you're driving across town and you're going to go wait outside someone's office and then you're brought in and you're taking out a chunk of their day when maybe they're late and half paying attention. This is very different. You've got, you're yeah. surrounded by comforting objects. <laughs> and when you're done, you can go like have a bite of ice cream from the freezer or whatever. Yeah, you're saying stuff. A, a lot of my writer friends have had similar journeys of like, can't imagine doing this, can't see him, imagine this being productive. But then all of a sudden it's, it's not like they've written a sh- on a show that was half in person, half on Zoom. Now they've done entire shows over Zoom and actually have built relationships uh, and figured out how to communicate in this medium. And yeah, it saves a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And it's maybe more efficient. The one thing I really Lonelier. miss though are lunch bits. Yeah. Because I feel like those actually really, they often weirdly make like lunch bits make it onto the show of like just <laughs> when you're fucking around at lunch and you have something so dumb that ends up being like it just spirals out of control and you're all convinced that it's actually a good bit when it makes no sense out of context, but it <laughs> yeah, makes it yeah, onto yeah. the show anyway. I love a lunch bit, you know? Yeah. There's an element because I, uh, th- I, I do agree with a lot of the stuff you're t- talking about, but there is an element of like, being in the same room and not like, because you're on a Zoom and you're like, we're going to focus on this. We have to figure this out. We do this as opposed to like, we're all kind of like fucking around in the office and natural things like that come up uh, that wouldn't otherwise. So there's like some magical element, I think, that is missing, but largely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fucking around is like such a big part of like, I don't know, good creative stuff. It's yeah. Just like, and writing uh, in general. I mean, yeah. But I will also say to the point about having the chat going in the Zoom. I, before we started, I was talking about being pretty ADD and how in my dream world, I'd be walking around my house doing this podcast, fidgeting, you know, carrying <laughs> you around with me. Maybe I'll get a headset. I don't know. But I I, I just had a flash to being in, in actual in-person meetings and feeling really restless because I didn't know where to put all my energy. But when you have the Zoom, you can. You can like, you can do the chat. You can talk. Mm. You've got a few more things. Anyway. <laughs> we've solved it all guys we've unpacked yeah, this you know what there's nothing bad about technology it's pure good and made of mm. no notes mm. well we're not for right now maybe later in the show yeah maybe we'll we talk, talk about, about some stuff but first up i would like to talk about the big news this week one of the big news this week justice stephen Breyer is retiring Mm. Um, at the end of uh, the court's current term, uh, ensuring that Joe Biden should be able to fill his vacancy before we inevitably lose control of the Senate. Um, And this will perhaps be the single most positive thing (laughs) that Justice Breyer has done in his 30-year tenure, specifically retiring and uh, for Biden to be able to do this. He's currently the oldest member of the court at 83 Activists have been uh, encouraging him to retire since Biden's inauguration. Provided we keep this, which I hope we should be able to do, we will maintain the six to three uh, balance. Fuck, that's so great yeah. to read out loud. Maintaining six to three. <laughs> yes, we did it. That's like <laughs> well done, Jonathan. Thank you, John. Jonathan does such a great job putting our notes together, and he's like, is he put this question? Is like, is this good news? <laughs> it's like best case scenario. We're as far down as we already were. Yeah, and that's as everything goes according to plan. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's not. It's like a lateral dig. Like you're mm. in a hole, and you're like, we're gonna make the hole wider. <laughs> yeah. We're not. We're not going lower. We're widening the hole. <laughs> it's it's also just 
such a bummer. Like, yeah, we we should be able to get this done. Although, actually, <laughs> even though I know we are fully capable of getting somebody nominated and confirmed, uh, I feel nervous. I feel kind of like we passed the football to Charlie Brown, and and there's no telling what'll happen. But I I, I am I do believe that it'll be fine. But I can't help it. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. there's, in the in the analogy, Lucy is handing the football to mm-hmm. Charlie Brown. She's not doing a place kick. Yeah. And then she's just got yeah. it. Just, he's he's just holding it. Oh, are you calling uh, me never... out on my Charlie Brown? No, I just I was trying to figure out the analogy because usually it's like Lucy holds the okay, football and then like pulls we, it up. Yeah, you know? in this analogy, we gave it to Charlie, and there's no fucking telling what's gonna happen because we're off the grid now, man. It, it is off the grid. No, there is no contingency for when Charlie Brown is handed the football. Yeah, no, he it's might not run in the right direction. But yeah, it's yeah okay. Good news, we can maintain this terrible ratio. Mm-hmm. And all the conservatives Fun. are like twenty five, so I think it could yeah. be a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? He nominated a couple yeah, preteens all... up there. Yeah. Things to note: up until twenty seventeen, sixty Senate votes were required to confirm a Supreme Court justice. But we remember. That being nuked in 2017 uh, to uh, nominate Neil Gorsuch. Mm. So thank you, our Republican friends, mm-hmm. for being a friend. I don't think that he'll have a hard time passing, from what I understand. Um, mm. You know, even Cinema and Mansion have probably not. You know, voted yes on. Yeah, they who's, seem to like. Nominees. It's the legislation that they have a problem with, not the right. like judicial appointments that have been going on. I find um, that they always find new ways to surprise me with how much they suck, though. So I'm not gonna. I'm always. I'm impressed, just like the sheer creativity to find new ways to to oh, shoot yeah. themselves in the foot. So it's definitely possible. Um, one might even say probable. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. And a, a very important part of this is that Biden has committed on the campaign trail that he would nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court, uh, and reiterated that on Thursday, um, uh, which is exciting. That's great. Um, and and here are some of the names being floated. Oh, real quick. Be- sorry, I just have to say, I think it's very funny. Like, this is an issue for people on the right. And like, you, the wokeness, the representation, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Ronald Reagan pledged that he would nominate a woman to the Supreme Court when he was running, um, and then he did. Um, good tidbit. Good little tidbit for anybody who likes to, I don't know. Are they arguing that he should have just nominated a black woman, like nominated who he was going to nominate, but not made a big deal about it? Is that what? I think it's just like, don't, uh, yeah, like, because to them, it means like, oh, you're going to nominate an unqualified person just because of their race. Whereas like, well, no, they're all going to be qualified people. I think that's what. Right. I, I didn't know if they were being any... just straight up racist or if they were being like Definitely. him calling it out is wokeness. You know, that whole thing. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but right now, the front runners, Ketanji Brown Jackson, a member of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. Um, the, the current Senate uh, confirmed her to that post just last year, which is a good sign. You know, they didn't have too many issues with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, uh, confirmed by Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, and Lisa Murkowski. They're all extremely qualified and it's crazy. I mean, especially if you look at like, you know, Amy Coney Barrett was like still in law school and Kavanaugh's only recommendation was from like squee. So I feel like we're already like leagues (laughs) ahead of, uh, And like all the people that he's nominating are like already judges and like have a ton of experience. So mm-hmm. anything, anything that's like anything from the right saying they're inexperienced or unqualified is just pure racism. There's nothing else to it. Especially if you just have to point to the people that they supported and compare resumes. The other front runner name being floated is Leandra Kruger. Uh, from my relatively uninformed perspective, she's my least favorite pick. <laughs> she's known as a moderate and an incrementalist and then the other name being floated that i'm just going to mention because it's fun um is kamala harris as a potential solve to the predicament they have themselves in where i guess they don't like her very much according to news reports but mm. that's obviously is that just bill crystal either. who's saying that because i haven't seen anyone else suggest right. kamala. I, 
I mean, I just, this is like, but then like, people picking up on it and like saying sure, like sure. it's a fact that we all don't, nobody likes her, which I, I could very well be true. I saw the like kind of like centrist fever dream of Kamala gets nominated and then uh, Biden uh, picks Mitt Romney as his VP uh, <laughs> oh, to uh, you know shore up this uh, mythical center, and then uh, Bill Crystal just gets to cream his jeans and, and everyone's happy. Yeah, it's like it's such a such a like weird like resistance tweet from like four years ago. You know, Fox is gonna see that and then run with it, um, even though there's like nothing to it. It's the same on the other side of like, what if it's Obama, uh, Barack or Michelle? I've I've seen a lot of that. Where it's like, what do you like? What do you think the government is <laughs> like? What what are you talking about? Um, so probably not, probably not Kamala Harris. Also, like a few like a week ago, he's uh, confirmed he was still gonna have her as his running mate so mm. i feel like nominating obama would be such a beautiful fuck you i mean he might consider it too if he wasn't making like a hundred million dollars recording podcasts with i was gonna say <laughs> like it doesn't seem like something he would want to do because he's well he's Michelle. doing all right yeah he, he's, he's like not gonna wave surfing and making that. tv shows I think he's doing <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, the fuck you get out of here i'm not going back to some law bullshit yeah. Like, I really want to go on the Supreme Court and just, like, lose every case for the next Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like, That's how you want me to die? The goal of politics <laughs> is to get presidency so you can get an overall deal. You don't go back. <laughs> exactly, right. yeah. You're not like, oh, yeah, I loved, I loved my work in the government. <laughs> and former princes and stuff like that, mm. too. Although, I guess Biden did it. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking be the president. Sure. He didn't okay. have an overall deal. If, like, Hulu had yeah. signed right. him, it wouldn't be in the <laughs> White House True. right now. That, he was, yeah, that was a big mistake. If, like, all, if he, only he had that. He's deal. not marketable on his own, though. Mm. He's too sleepy. Yeah, he's too sleepy. You need mm. some of that pizzazz. You need to balance him out. Hey, just I wait till not... he puts out a show on Paramount Plus. He's got a little fire <laughs> under him. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a real quick ad break and then we will be back for even more news. Hey there, you cool sacks. Look at you. Look at how cool you've become. You know what else is cool? Besides you, I mean. AG1 by Athletic Greens. It is a vitamin drink that will give you all the nutrition you need in a single glass. A cool glass. It's a cool glass of vitamins for cool people just like you. Just one tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 minerals, vitamins, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multi-mineral probiotic greens, superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. Sometimes being cool, man. It's just a lot of work, but you already know this being a cool person yourself and us cools don't always have time to put together a balanced meal or eat a bunch of uncool nerdy vitamin pills. Luckily, AG1 takes care of all of that for you. Doesn't matter if you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or are gluten-free like me, AG1 is good for all of the hip, cool lifestyles and only contains one gram of cool, cool sugar. I have come to depend on AG1 on days when I'm busy and I don't have time to think about meals and vegetables and stuff. And right now, if you're cool, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash more news today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash more news to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. You're so freaking cool, man. I can't even stand it. Hey, baby, it's Cody. Don't be shy. Get close. Listen. Starting your own private community slash compound can be tricky. You have to set up all the tents and fences, dig lots of trenches, and most importantly, you need to have the ability to communicate with a large variety of people. It's generally good to be able to reach out to others, and this is why I'm going to tell you about Babbel. Babbel is an easy and affordable way to learn a language online, assuming your spiritual leader has given you internet privileges. Their lessons were created by over 100 language experts and cover 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Perhaps Perhaps at some point, they'll cover the language I invented as part of my community. For we grow in power every day. There's just so many ways to learn and grow with Babbel, whose speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Like me and my learning of Espanol. Espan... Espani... Espaniol. 
Nailed it. You'll also have access to podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Not to mention that there's a 20-day money-back guarantee, unlike my community. There's no going back in my community. Anywho, right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code MORENEWS. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code MORENEWS. Babbel, language for life. Cody's Compound for life. How about Joe Rogan? Specific, well, there's a few Joe Rogans. Specifically to start Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan. How about that? Loved it. Uh, mm. Love any appearance uh, from Dr. Peterson. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, just throw this to you. <laughs> uh, well, he's a silly man. Um, he's a wholly unserious man. And I love uh, when he talks. It's one of those things where like, Every clip is a gift, and every continuation of the conversation that like isn't clipped is also a gift. And he's wearing a tux the whole time, uh, yeah. pretending to <laughs> pretending like he's a serious man. And like, there's all these conversations about like poverty and like why poor people are like at and stuff. And it's like un like wild stuff. Um, and all while wearing a tuxedo. He's the tux a, was so he just looked like that like weird high school sophomore who wears his dad's suit to school and like well, has it a wasn't fedora. even yeah. like pressed looking it was like he looked a little rumpled or something mm, he, it's not like yeah. a sharp tux it was very film film school bad guy like yeah you know when yeah just yeah. like there was always the kind of generic mobster of like whatever suit you could get from like uh you know short films in high school and stuff like that right right right, right. um yeah it's uh like and he's it's funny because like he does this and I know he's doing it because he is trying to present this idea that like, well, Joe Rogan is like the new thing, like the thing that like people you should take seriously. He's like he's like a rock star. He's like uh, Dan Rather. He's like all these like he's everything. Uh, so he wants to present it as though like I got to wear a tux to go on Joe Rogan, this prestigious thing. Um, but it just comes off as extremely silly. And like, yeah, like he's in this local theater production of Guys and Dolls or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, should we play a couple clips? I love if clips we too. must. Yeah. <laughs> just to set off this clip, this was the first thing they said, right? Yes, this was like within three <laughs> yes. minutes of the podcast. Okay, and this is of a four and a half hour long podcast. Four and a half hour. We it's... haven't mentioned that yet, and that is unbelievable. Because <clears throat> I will tell you, after one hour of this, you guys are wonderful. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. So oh, you mean with us? Four hours. <laughs> yeah. Of watching the thing. Just with anybody. Oh yeah. It's, but also, who wants to listen? Literally to any hours. conversation. Four and a half hours in this like extraordinary. It, that's got to be the stinkiest room. All Joe Rogan subsists on is like protein powder and cigars. It's got to reek in there. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Peterson's just meat, right? Yeah, just meat just and salt water. Straight up red meat. Mm -hmm. Is that true? I don't know if he still does it. But Before did, we play this, yeah. I want to share something. A friend of mine who is lovely, not political in any capacity, posted a picture of Jordan Peterson's book on her Instagram page. And she goes, everybody told me to read this, but I don't think I liked it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to say their name. I was like, honey, oh, God. Yeah, no, you don't like it. That's a bad person. That's a I said very one funny. Sentence, she goes, she goes, Yes. He's mean. He seemed bad. Honestly, it felt like he was yelling at me the whole book. Question mark. <laughs> like, anyway, um, I thought uh, that's a great window into like, yeah, just like, oh, you you haven't been paying attention at all. You sweet summer child. Good for you uh, for like avoiding yeah. this guy and not knowing and then reading it like no context and be like, actually, this this kind like, of people sucks kept shit. saying this like, is good, but it is bad <laughs> anyway I think he, yeah. like, he says all the same dumb things that all the conservatives do but he uses like three syllable words so it like yeah. tricks dumb like he he's like the what like dumb guy's idea of a smart guy like yeah yeah he just he wears a tux and uses long words so they're like oh this must yeah be, this must be intellectual seeing this picture of him in the clip he doesn't look rumpled so much as it's so it's too small it's mm. too small that <laughs> the giant bow tie out. In the giant gotta, bow tie. I mean, come on. Meat and salt water. That's like what a seal eats. 
Mm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and Bateson. Yeah. Um, let's like, play a clip. <laughs> hard right, to let's... sort out. The climate change one is a weird one. So that well, one. That's because there's no such thing as climate, right? Climate and everything are the same word. And I, that's what bothers me about the climate change types. It's like, this is something that bothers me about it technically. It's like, well, climate is about everything. Incorrect. It's okay. <laughs> Incorrect. But your models aren't based on everything. Correct. Your models are based on, based on a set number of variables. Yeah. So that means you've reduced the variables, which are everything, to that set. Well, how did you decide which set of variables to include in the equation if it's about everything? Based on decades of science. That's not just a criticism. That's like, if it's about everything, your models aren't right. Mm. Yeah, correct. Because your models do not and cannot model everything. What do you mean by everything when you say... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is a perfect... uh, A perfect Peterson and Rogan moment because I saw that clip and I was like, okay... That's a good question for Joe to cl- want to clarify. What do you mean by everything? Because it's nonsense what he was saying. Like he's trying to say that like we can't predict everything, um, but nobody says like climate means everything. And so he Joe asked to clarify. I ended up listening to about twenty to thirty minutes after this, and Peterson tries to explain, but also doesn't try to explain. And he goes into all these sort of like he attempts to make these analogies and like talk about like allegories like the goat and the frog and all this stuff to explain what he means. But it's all nonsense. And every like five minutes, Joe Rogan says, OK, but like, you know, <laughs> the, C- the CO2 levels are like measurable and like we know that that causes this and this and this. And like he will just not acknowledge what Joe is saying, which is a very, very light pushback. Um, you can tell for a lot of this conversation that. In his mind, he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? That's not that's not it. But the thing he tries to do on his show a lot is like, there's not very little pushback. You're free to talk about whatever. It's the marketplace of ideas and stuff. Um, it's a ridiculous... He's just a ridiculous man. And uh, I think we're going to do a whole episode about this particular We've been promising it for years, but... It's been a long time. It's fascinating. But uh, he's back, point, baby. He talks about like poor people and like yeah i I, we'll get we'll get to it we'll get to that yeah he also claims that neither of them are white because they're both tan yeah we gotta we gotta play that one as well i can i can play a bit from that section we should for sure it's here we're gonna spend nine we're gonna spend four and a half hours on yeah it's just okay so real quick i'm sorry before you play this next clip because the climate thing he's talked because he talks about how like we you know we don't know what to do is is, the whole thing is about how like we can't predict everything, therefore, like, and he doesn't we say this part. <laughs> well, he doesn't say this part. That's the Jordan Peterson trick: <laughs> is that he makes these sort of like descriptive claims and avoids prescriptive claims. So he's like, "Well, this is the way it is," but what he really means is, and therefore, we should do nothing. And he won't say we should do nothing because he can't, um, because then Joe would be like, "Well, that's that's nonsense. Obviously, we got to do something." So he sort of tries to talk about things in a way where he can make these oftentimes just wrong statements and then like step away. So you, the listener, his fans can sort of come to that conclusion because later on he talks about climate change as if it's a real thing that there's stuff to be done about. But I don't know if anyone listening (laughs) thought that that's maybe the opposite of what he was just talking about. Like he's trying, he's trying to discredit it, but then he accepts it as fact later on. So it's these sort of conflicting things to confuse you and then just be like, well, then don't do anything. Having not listened to all four hours, but having the clips that I have seen, there is an element of saying something and and expecting it to be completely accepted in this format. And if he's not quite getting the reception that he was hoping for, you know, just kind of making it more and more convoluted and oblique yes, and not that is really exactly having a way to happens. respond. And, 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 and it's just kind of a tactic in general that you see of just, I mean, gibberish, word salad. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, quite make like, sense. And so you can't even pick it all apart because anything that you, you, you try to diagram what this part of the sentence means and they can make it be like, well, that's not what I meant. Well, what the fuck did you mean? It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. That's here's an my word million salad. dollar conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 we sac- we sacrificed Neil Young for this. <laughs> oh, God, we'll get to that. 
All right, here we go. Depending on who you ask, either you're a voice of reason and rationality and and uh, you know uh, personal responsibility, or you're <laughs> a voice of intolerance and bigotry and anger oh and hateful. Nope. Sexual aggression. Uh, what did Michael prejudice. Eric Dyson call you? A mean, mean, angry an, white man? Mean, yeah, and, and a mean, angry white man. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. You're not mean at all. Yeah, yeah. That's what's dumb about that statement. It's, you're no. not mean at all. It's, I uh, am white. Actually, that's a lie, too. <laughs> I'm kind of tan, and he was actually not black. If you're tan, he was sort of brown. Am I? Because I'm, I'm darker than you. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But neither of us are white. Well, I'm Italian. And mostly. he was brown, not black. Well, isn't that weird? Yeah, it's this, really the, the weird. The black and white thing is so strange yeah, because like the shades are so... Tan and brown. There's such a spectrum of shades of people. Unless you're talking to someone who is like 100% African from the darkest place where they're not wearing any clothes all day and they've developed all that melanin to protect themselves from the sun. Ah, Joe. Joe! I, I feel bad even if we're going to have that audio on our podcast. That, I know. It's I, like, I, it yeah. makes me nauseous. Well, there's just so much about it this like ridiculous. A, A, I mean, Joe, like from the darkest place where they don't wear clothes all day. And like, it's just like, yeah, you're really dipping into some, some racism there. Um, but they know, like, it's not confusing. There's a history in America specifically of like the invention of race and these these distinctions that people made to uh, reinforce slavery for hundreds of years. And like, that's not if you have just a drop of black blood <laughs> like it's just you know. like non like he and surely they know surely Jordan Peterson yeah, knows they know. that he's not. I'm actually quite tan. First of all, no, you're not. Um, listeners but, can't uh, see the clip. Truly but he's what not, standards? He's not tan in that clip. <laughs> But that's clearly not what people mean. And so it's just one of those like, are you confused or are you just pretending to be confused to obfuscate this whole situation? Infuriating, deeply upsetting nonsense that goes on for four hours. Four and a half. Four and a half, to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> that's the that's um, the that's like the Peter Jackson Blu-ray extended. <laughs> yeah. They actually do a second four and a half hour one with commentary over the whole thing. I hear I would, that they want Zack Snyder to release his cut. original nine-hour yeah. version of this whole conversation. Ooh, the drama. I'm not even joking. I would listen to their commentary on this one-and-a-half-hour conversation. Oh, I made a great point right there. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty good. Uh-huh, That's a pretty uh-huh, good impression. Uh-huh. Oh, I look so tan. Well, no, it's just like there's so much to talk about with this. We don't need to play all the clips, and we will revisit this. It's just one of those, like, he disappeared for a long time. For various reasons, and now like this is like he's back. He's wearing a tux. He's jo- on Joe Rogan, and he's still a wholly unserious man. And every other sentence, you have to stop and go, "Wait a minute, man! What are you talking about? What do you think you're saying here?" There's a whole section where he talks about how uh, poor people, like climate change, in order to really uh, solve climate change, you need to get uh, poor people out of poverty because uh, the way that like living in poverty is like, well, you're not really thinking about like. The very far future or like your broad environment you're thinking and they're about, also like, the saying next they're not thing. contributing enough to right our, and like and like using dry, using so much energy using but too like many resources. but like there's a kernel of truth there where it's like yeah if you're living in poverty you're thinking about like your next meal how you're going to get clothes and food for your kids and things like that you're not thinking about like oh i'm going to invest over like this year like whatever it is a like paycheck to paycheck sort of day-to-day sort of thing but then he taught he uses that to Again, like, talk about, like, don't do anything. And then Joe Rogan even brings up, like, well, that's why people talk about, like, wealth redistribution and socialism and things. And then he goes off on this whole defense of capitalism, because naturally, uh, if you if you have, like, 20 people and they have $10 and they randomly trade with each other over time, very few people will have all the money. That's just how it works. Therefore, it's fine. Like, he, (laughs) he talks about how, like, we need to get poor people out of poverty but doesn't actually propose anything to do it because to him it's just like well we'll let it happen we won't do anything and over time maybe but then he makes the point that over time actually it doesn't work like that he even uses monopoly as an example like see even in monopoly it happens and jordan peterson i don't know if you know this but monopoly was literally invented by a socialist to point out the flaws in capitalism uh so it's just this this fucking impossible conversation 
of this man trying to put forth his ideology without being explicit about it and being mm-hmm. wrong over and over. So we don't have to keep talking about it. I'll <laughs> shut up. But it's just he's so he's so silly. Yeah, but he's wearing a tux. It makes and it that's so much not better. Silly. I love it. You can't I love be silly so in a tux. That's a serious <laughs> thing to wear. Ah, yes. I'll just point uh, out. It's impossible to be silly in a tuxedo. Have you seen Dumb and Dumber? Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> that's that's fucking awesome. Point. Yeah. I would love if he wore one of those. Add to this, that actual point about needing to pull people up out of poverty was actually um, it, making a point about how to make the planet sustainably green and talking about climate change and but also just it's so dehumanizing the way he talks about people it goes on further like he there's more conversations about you know I'm an effeminate man or I have a a, a, a more feminine traits because I have a lot of negative emotions and (laughs) whatever Mm. and it's like you are a me this is all evidence to why you are a mean little white man one it's so funny like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the friend of yours who was like, I don't know, I'm reading his book and he seems mean. Like even even on the page, he comes off as a mean person. Uh, <laughs> very appropriate. Um, also, I think it's funny that he uh, he complained about his son's uh, sister. So his daughter uh, dressed up his son when he was about two in like a fairy princess costume. Wait a minute. With, like, he said my son's sister. When my son was about two, his sister was about three and she had a little okay. gaggle of friends. It's, it's fine. This is how he's talking. I'm sure, not saying yeah. he like avoided saying his daughter. Um, but, and he's like, he was concerned about it and stuff. And Rogan was like, wait, what, what qualms would you have about that? That's like, you know, my, my daughter's dressed me up in a dress. It's funny. It's fine. And he sort of pushes back on this in a way. And he, and in Peterson fashion, Rogan was like, well, why? So if it's fine, it's fun. Why would you worry about anything else other than it being fun? And Peterson is like, well, probably because I. Pause. Why would I worry about that? Long pause. And that's it. Like he he can't handle being challenged like that because he knows that if he says what he means, Joe will actually call him out on it. Because he's of. worried, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he, like he, he, yeah. he doesn't know how to say what he's really saying in the way that he usually obfuscates stuff. Because sure. you know, like, well, why yeah. are you worried then? Ah, ooh, I want to. Ooh, I'll I want to say Joe it, Rogan but... though doesn't necessarily push. I mean, he might not readily agree, but um, I'm going to pivot to this other conversation about Joe Rogan and Spotify. Also, it's in, not is, inherently funny, uh, a man or a boy wearing a dress. It's not like inherently funny. It's not. Uh, which no, they did not address, but whatever. But that's what I mean is like there. Joe Rogan might push back a little bit, but he allows a lot of um, disinformation on his show. And that yeah. is my pivot to our next uh, little story. And that is Neil Young is getting removed from Spotify. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen this in a blog post published Wednesday. Um, Young has said that his label, Warner Brothers Reprise, is standing by him and supporting this move, even though it means a loss of 60% of his streaming revenue. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Mm. Yeah, he's Neil Young. I'm sure he's fine. But he's Neil Young. He's doing fine. But that's like a a very bold move for him to make. Uh, that's not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it makes Spotify look bad. I mean, it did make Spotify I, look bad, but which yeah. I think they've their image matters a lot to them as a very you know progressive Swedish company. So mm. I think getting in a tussle with Neil Young over isn't you good. Know, it's not a great look. But ultimately, yeah. I don't think everybody's going to delete their Spotify. Oh accounts. no! <laughs> um, I just bought a Neil Young album instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all right, uh, you know, support you this way instead of like getting you one cent after listening to an album 20 times, right? Neil Young just has been posting his cash app. <laughs> He's just like, help me out. <laughs> don't, don't like look me up and like how much money I might have already, but I need it. Um, yeah, it's funny. Also, I, th- I think uh, they're just like all these people like, like Joe Rogan or Neil Young, not a hard choice. And they're implying that like, obviously, kick neil young off and it's like really that's your it was like that's your what do you mean not a hard choice has spotify ever i don't think they've ever directly responded to the joe rogan misinformation 
I don't, but I, I, I really don't think, I think they've just been like radio or Spotify silence on this and they're just mm. hoping yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan stops saying false things and yeah, that doesn't seem That's to be how- happening. I mean, it's it's already bad. I mean, it's the whole ivermectin thing. It traces back to one guest he had mm-hmm. on that spiraled out of control. So, not the first time. I wonder- yeah, not the last. Listen here, you adorable person, you. Coffee's pretty great. I drink it. You probably drink it. A lot of people drink it. But it's easy to get in a coffee rut, spending years with the same coffee until one day you find yourself standing over the coffee's bed just watching it sleep and thinking about a better life. Well, why not mix things up with Trade Coffee? Trade is a coffee subscription service that offers both the freshest and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. That way, you'll never get bored with the same dumb coffee every single day until we all perish. Damn same coffee, it makes me sick to think about. Puke. With Trade, you can go on their webpage and answer a special coffee quiz that will help you figure out your coffee compatibility. It doesn't matter if you're a casual coffee drinker. Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. They're so confident that they'll even replace your first bag for free if you don't totally love it. It's super easy and fun, probably, and you get all kinds of coffees at your trembling fingertips. And for our listeners and watchers, right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash more news. That's drinktrade.com slash more news for $20 off your first three bags. So do it. Go take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash more news and start your journey to your perfect cup. Sip. Ah, don't just settle for the same coffee, you coffee freaks. I was I was um, debating whether I should bring out my Neil Young impression and decided not. Do it. Do it. No. Do it. Well, I was trying to do come it up to introduce with, like, this next section. Funny lyrics. Yeah. Scientists are worried about Elon Musk. That's it. <laughs> pretty <laughs> pretty and Here we are. I'm sorry. Was Neil himself here? I'm sorry. Is <laughs> yeah, he Neil moved from Spotify in? to this show? All right. All right. Is it Musk time? It's Musk time. Scientists are worried about Elon Musk's Neuralink trials. And so am I, (laughs) baby. That's scary. Uh, Here's some background. If you, like me, were surprised to learn that Elon Musk is about to start human trials implanting microchips into human brains. Uh, Neuralink is Elon Musk's brain implant startup. Uh, In 2020, they displayed a pig with a chip in its brain and showed how they were measuring the the pig's brain patterns. And then in 2021, they introduced a monkey with a chip uh, and it appeared that he was controlling a game of Pong with its mind. Um, The way it works, I guess the chip is implanted on both sides of the brain and can control areas that govern motor functions, um, which could be really huge for people uh, with paralysis um, or other kinds of neurological disorders, uh, paraplegics. Um, But there's a lot, a lot, a lot of implications for this that are very scary. And do we just let Elon... You go go ahead, Zach. (laughs) Well, that's crazy because, I mean, first of all, Elon Musk invented tunnels with car traffic he's not going anywhere near my brain with a saw so funny tunnels with car traffic is the best way to describe he, it we're gonna put them all into one tunnel he invented a robot that was a guy in a suit <laughs> and then so there's this a thing at uh there's this thing called BrainGate at uh, brown university it's it's essentially the same thing but it works people with spinal cord injury strokes als they have this thing it's like the size smaller than a penny you can put it on your brain it can control like mouse cursors. You can use it to squeeze like a robot arm, uh, some communication devices. It's funded by the NIH. It's funded by the Department of Veteran Affairs. They've been researching this since the 90s and mm-hmm. it can like move a cursor. Neuralink was started in 2016 and Elon says you can store and replay your memories or download yourself into a robot body. Mm. unbelievable yeah see that exactly like that's like the black mirror version or whatever yeah (laughs) because that's the thing like you know he's tweeting like oh yeah this is gonna be well also 
uh it's similar to like yeah uh the electric car it's like the first one was like 100 years ago <laughs> like you didn't you didn't invent the electric car man also his uh, electric cars keep crashing and burning and killing people that they do and he like has this like he just promises so much but also like him tweeting like this is going to help like paraplegics and, and these things whenever he says something like that it always seems like actually that's the afterthought like that's his pr pitch that's what he's saying to like try to get people on board with it when really he's just like wouldn't it be cool to play pong with your mind wouldn't it be cool <laughs> to like get in your tesla and be able to like drive it but he's not thinking of like people in need right they were like a- the uh Two two weeks ago, there was a a nineteen year old who hacked into twenty five Tesla cars and yes, was exactly, able yes. to control yeah. them, like drive them, like he could have driven them into walls or into each other. And now we're expected because Elon Musk, like you're saying, is giving people false hope, so they'll put these things, and then who knows who can access it? Who knows who right. can just like give you an epilepsy, like give you a seizure? Sorry, uh, from like just like remotely, it's. I don't know. Yeah, the, it's exactly at this point. like Wild. the idea, like the idea of like, oh yeah, you can do this via Bluetooth. Bluetooth <laughs> is not a what? very secure thing. Like what? <laughs> you want to let that in your brain, man? They're going to use like, your brain to mine Dogecoin within like absolutely. <laughs> yes. I mean, and 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 there are so many other implications. Like, what happens if the company goes bankrupt and these people just have a chip in their brain? Well, you know, who controls the data? Who's controlling the chip? How do you get it out? What if, uh, yeah. It's also going to yeah. be like an Apple Watch where you have to charge it every like hour and a half and just like hold your head against the wall <laughs> or like however they try to do it. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's like all this, like <laughs> a, a few years ago, I think in like 2018 or something, uh, Someone was asking like Elon Musk about like why you're like the richest man on the planet. Uh, you've got all this like tech or whatever. What do you like? You could do a lot for like low income housing and things like that. Like you actually do things that like really help people. Uh, and he didn't respond. And then like I tweeted about it and he like he responded to me. He's like, actually, we're going to use uh, the dirt from the tunnels that we're digging to make <laughs> low cost <laughs> bricks right. for low income housing. Um, and it's one of those, again, it's one of those things like people see it like, oh my God, look at what he's doing. He's selling dirt to poor people. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? And like this idea that like, oh, I actually see this app, this app, it's an afterthought that he thinks is like going to sell this thing. But I've, I keep looking into it and like trying to like follow up on these fucking bricks and there's nothing. It's just a thing that he says to get people on board with, like, I'm selling flamethrowers or whatever he's doing. But he doesn't actually care about. No, he doesn't. Helping people. He's talking about, like, that's not you want to help. You want to help people, like, drive their drive cars with brains and, like, help people get get around. Do, like, work on public transportation instead of these, like, death tunnels that you're making, um, which would actually help people. It's just. I, I hate him so much. I miss I miss nerdy Elon there because like I think like a decade or two ago he seemed like a good dude. Like he was mm-hmm. like all about electric cars and climate change, and it really seemed like he was the one good billionaire that like wanted was you know very you know environmental forward. And I I think part of it just in the last couple of years, I think part of being a celebrity just like yes. rots mm-hmm. your brain. I think being able it to does. make a billion dollars by by saying one cryptic tweet, like how can like your the power your, of a it, human brain and can't handle that. It's just yeah. He went really, and yeah. I mean, we talk. I just think if you have it in you to become a billionaire, you have it in you to be a real fucking monster, especially with this kind of attention at success and validation. And yeah, every time he does something sensational, stocks go up or he gets some big reaction and it always uh, benefits him in the long run. So you just start to feed into that cycle and you go down that path. Um, I think he also knows good intent is profitable because he he knows probably from an early time that he probably he seemed like he really did have good intentions at some point. But at this time, like you're saying of the afterthought that he might have that deep-seated good intention as he actually means it, but he also knows that saying, using buzzwords like low-income housing or, you know, helping people with paralysis is actually going to just, you know, make him $3 billion in an afternoon. Exactly, yeah. All, like the, uh, the the cave diver thing where he's like, I can, right. I could, I'll send you a little submarine that'll get stuck and won't be, but like he offered the thing. Uh, right. Same with like Flint or like any sort of like disaster. Like, well, if it'll help, I'll do this. Like that's actually not going to help. 
we're going to pivot to broken news real quick and uh, potentially talk about Mark Cuban's pharmacy. But there is something to me where it's like, yes, that's a good thing. He's also going to make money. It's the same uh, thing with Elon where you're like, okay, there's this kernel of something that could potentially be very beneficial to people, but your real aim is to make money. Your real goal is still your bottom line. And inherently, you're not, it means you're not about helping people. Yeah, it's profit sort of like disguised as philanthropy. Um, But speaking of that, Jonathan, I'm throwing it to you to talk us through some broken news stories. Indeed. I mean, we can talk about Mark Cuban first, actually. Sure. Um, yeah, he launched an online pharmacy at costplusdrugs.com. Uh, the idea is he's offering a bunch of popular prescription drugs at cost plus 15%. Um, so a lot of these drugs are going to be like 90% or more cheaper uh, than you can get at a drugstore. Um, they don't accept health insurance, but they say you'll often pay much less than you would even with a copay at a pharmacy. What do you guys think about that? Look, I think it's good. I mean, I do think it's good that people have access to some to affordable medications. I think it's ridiculous how uh, medications are priced up. But again, he's going to make money. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that still can't afford that, you know, especially if they're not taking health insurance. Right. In a perfect world, this doesn't exist because prescription drugs are free or cheap because we have universal health care. And so, like, he's getting a lot of praise for doing this. Yeah. But it's like, uh, it sucks that we have to praise people for trying to make something better out of our shitty system that right. hurts people. Right. I, I hate that I kind of love it. At least I haven't seen yeah. the, like, where I, the rug hasn't been pulled yet. Maybe this is just pure, this is possibly the best outcome in a, the best way you can do this in a country without healthcare but you know he's mm-hmm. selling a leukemia drug for $47 a month that was $9,600 before I mean, even that's going to make a pretty big difference pretty quickly so I don't know if he's like setting up that for like a political run or I do just sees it that. as probably uh, it just I seems think, like good so far like, so I'm Mark give Cuban, it a of all the billionaires I would say Mark Cuban is to me the I mean we talked with him on our other show last year and a lot of people were mad at us about it um and he makes no bones about it he's a capitalist and you know believes in that but he also does seem to care about the fact that people (laughs) are dying that people don't have um access to resources that you know corporations take advantage of um, employees and whatnot. He does have that perspective, and I do think that he is um, actively thinking about running someday. Maybe not in the yeah. near future, but down the line. And that's the thing. It's like uh, this is like this is going to help a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. at least in the short term, and uh, uh, probably the long term in a lot of cases too. Like you're saying, like these are cheap. It's much cheaper. Um, I think I would feel a little better about it if he uh, was actually interested in like abolish like health insurance and like we we should have this like single like everyone should be able to go to the doctor and get this stuff um but from what i gather his actual plan to like quote fix healthcare is still based on like premiums you don't have to pay uh no one would pay more than 10 percent of their uh income on premiums so like premiums still exist it would be based on like loans and you'd have to pay the loans back um right. over a 12 month period and all the stuff it's like well that's that's doesn't fix anything uh it makes it uh, maybe less than what it is now but it's still not fixing the, the problem answer. and giving pe- it yeah like so it's just like if you it's if you, you wanted to like to really help people not just well right and like not like this is great but i think it would go a long way if he also was very vocal about we need to get rid of this and mm-hmm. actually give everybody not just access to health care but uh free at the point of service uh health care for every single person um otherwise he's just sort of perpetuating this system um and putting this band-aid on it. it's a very good band-aid um i don't i don't want to like disparage like this idea of like getting these these things for for much cheaper but uh, again i think like, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think what gets to me is not even about what mark cuban's doing but that like republicans will say like see the private industry and the free market fixed something that the government couldn't 
but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the government could do this and Republicans mm-hmm. won't exactly. let it happen. Yes. And moderate Democrats, mm-hmm. to be honest, like they won't let it happen. So he's just I mean, good. He took it into his own hands. But like this is something Congress could have done years ago, negotiating, you know, Medicare right, for, like, for drug prices. Exactly. Like we shouldn't it, sh- it. It should be pointed out like. It shouldn't take Mark Cuban to do this, to make this happen. Yeah. Um. We shouldn't require, like, have to be like, well, hopefully there's some nice billionaires that want to get these drugs to people for cheaper. Mm. Yeah. Because it's, all, it's obviously the, very rare. All the problems in my life, I'm just praying for a Mark Cuban just to come in <laughs> at one point. It's literally how uh, we got him on the show. Uh, I forget what the conversation started, but I tweeted at him, can I have some money? You trolled him. Uh, and then yeah. we went back and forth for a while, and then he DM'd me. He's like, that was fun. Um, yeah can i have some of your money yeah didn't work he didn't give me any but i know but he did come on our Mm -hmm. show yeah jonathan one more broken news story yeah so the graphic novel mouse uh which won the pulitzer prize and depicts elements of the holocaust with the nazis as cats and jews as mice uh has been banned by a tennessee school board because they say it contains objectionable language and a depiction of a naked character. There's a there's a quote from one of the school board members uh, describing how he thinks you can teach the Holocaust without quote all the nakedness and all the other stuff. Um, and mm. he doesn't really specify like he talks a little bit about what the other stuff is, but it's like you know the bad stuff about the Holocaust. <laughs> and I'm not What's sure how the you swearing. Teach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need all these swears to teach what yeah. happened. Just teach yeah. the nice, fun version of it. All along with, like, critical race theory bullshit conversations of, like, we can't bear to subject our children to this traumatic telling of the truth. We can't let them know how it really was because they're delicate. What? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like, funny, the bummer. Uh, but, like, this... <laughs> Just this, like so concerned, like this naked mouse in this this uh, comic book about about the Holocaust, while also being furious that Minnie Mouse is wearing a jumpsuit for like an event. Uh huh. Um, that's also going on right now. Uh, the the school board actually they they released a statement today, a new one about this, and I think it's very interesting. I'm just gonna read this real quick. We do not diminish the value of Mouse as an impactful and meaningful piece of literature, nor do we dispute the importance of teaching our children the historical and moral lessons and realities of the Holocaust. To the contrary, we have asked our administrators to find other works that accomplish the same educational goals in a more age-appropriate fashion. Hmm. And like, hmm. what is that? What's like the age-appropriate version of teaching But Nini's Life is Beautiful, I think, is the only... Like, cause what? Cause right, like that's in, exactly what I thought of. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was in eighth grade, we watched Schindler's List. We all had to get our parents' signatures, and we watched Schindler's List, which is much more R than Mouse. Than Mouse? Oh yeah, yeah. I well, love between that and the mini thing. Republicans this week are like, look, Mouse has got to be sexy, but not too sexy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, don't show everything. Yo, just yeah. show a little mouse leg. Yeah, you need to leave some to the imagination. Let's not but politicize not too much. the not too mouse. Much. Not too much. Not too much. Oh, oh, oh. That's just right. <laughs> yeah, we should go to yeah, the, the, the Mc- <laughs> McCann County, Tennessee school board and be like, could you just tell us? how sexy the mice can be and what you want the mice to be wearing. Just like tell us and then we'll make, let's we'll make guidelines. Let's just right. bring in some different drawings, some different skirt lengths, you know, <laughs> diagram well, what's appropriate. Like, well, just like, like you're saying, John, Jonathan, like the, you had to have the parents sign a thing. Just do that for this. Yeah. Like show the parents, like here the, here's the, the one image that your kid might have to see because they've never been online. I mean, is the before. mouse showing her vagina like, or something? Like, what? I promise you, she on? is not. <laughs> now kids are going to have to go online and Google mouse boobs like the rest of us. It's just, exactly. it's horrible. Yeah, we're going to have to put we, them through this. That. Is the we used to be a proper country. <laughs> First, two COVID, things that now make this. Me- <laughs> the two things that make me hopeful of this situation is I feel like anytime there's like a banned book is like the one time you make kids want to read. Yeah. 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 And the other thing is, I don't know if you guys saw this, but on CNN, the author of Mouse w- went for an interview. In mid interview, he just like pulled out a vape pen. 
Which I thought was so funny because he's like a billion years old and, the, and an iconic writer and just pulled out this like very cool, like glowing vape pen. That's so funny. And I was That's... like, if you ever wanted to kids to not want to read a book, don't have this awesome <laughs> author who had a banned book. Right. Like if vaping, he's, oh he's a pipe guy, but all right, Spiegelman. Good on you. That's really They asked funny. him about it I'm in this so interview and he said, he said, it's leaving me with my jaw open. Like, what? That's the, only, the, the article I read that had that one quote from Art Spiegelman. That's the author? That's what you'd say. Um, yeah, our, yeah well, I wonder what was in that vape pen. Maybe, maybe a little marijuana. Maybe um, some sexy mouses. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he I just uh, mice. <laughs> you have been a wonderful guest. Uh, it was very fun having you. Uh, thank uh, you. You guys have been wonderful hosts. It's very fun to be here. Thank you. I pride myself on, on being a gracious host. Nah, um, I pride myself on getting compliments. Yeah, you're good at them, Cody. <laughs> Tell us where we can find you online. Plug your work. Where can mm, probably we, the we best. see you do stuff? Uh, if you go on Twitter.commercial, mm-hmm. you can search mm-hmm. at Zach Bornstein. Z-A-C-K-B-O-R-N-S-T-E-A-N. And you should get it all from there. That's where the magic happens. Um, Go do it. Us, Yeah, I encourage you to do that. And also, just keep in mind until next week that we love you very much. Much. Uh, sh-